Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, intelligent, hardworking, wonderful <laughs> Disney Nighttime Spectacular loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Well, thank you. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are yeah. recording this episode on Sunday, June 27th. 2021 this will be our last show for june we're getting to july and the fireworks and the holidays and so much fun upcoming in july i know so much to look forward to we have a ton to look forward to in july and we'll be telling you all about it as we get through that month thank you for joining us today in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts however the very best place to find us is on our own website hyperionadventurespodcast.com and while you're there you can sign up for our newsletter Please sign up for the newsletter. Just another way to kind of be involved in our Hyperion Adventures podcast world. We put out stuff out there for you to respond to. Maybe some things that might come back and help us on our show. And we did receive some responses this week. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. So uh, this was came actually moments after we were done recording <laughs> last know, week's episode. <laughs> I was like, oh, literally <laughs> after I just said, okay, here's the episode. Uploaded it to the podcast <laughs> server. Uh, this email came in, so but we wanted to share it with you this week as it had to do with, of course, last week's very fun, yeah. our five favorite comedic Marvel moments episode that we did with Keenan and Rachel from Part of Our World podcast. Hopefully you've listened to that show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun doing it with them, and we do appreciate the interaction. And, and same thing, yeah, I saw what you're mentioning, the time of the email, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So close. So it was close. really, really close to <laughs> almost funny. making it onto that episode, but it came just after we recorded. So, but anyway, it was from uh, Camille and Jonathan Cotton, who are great friends and have been on our show before and are on our their newsletter subscribers. They're on the Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Right. Um, and we're going to hopefully be meeting up with them here in just a few weeks yeah. out at Disneyland. So uh, they wrote... Hi, Tom and Michelle. When we saw that you're collecting funniest moments from Marvel movies, we got so excited. We watched through every movie in the MCU twice last year, once in release <laughs> order and once in chronological order. Wow. We've all done some crazy things yeah. during this last, uh, whatever, 15, 16 months or whatever it's been. That's for sure. And have devoured every new show on Disney+. Plus. So the Marvel obsession is real in this house. Lorelai is a big fan, too. Lorelai is our cutest listener. I know. Oh, she my is gosh. Adorable. Yeah, yes. she is adorable. Yes. Uh, she, Best dancer. She is. <laughs> she put Star-Lord to shame. Yeah, I know, right? If, exactly. If there was to be a dance-off to save the galaxy, uh, believe me, Lorelai would win that for sure. Uh, she asked to listen to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks every day and has a collection of Baby Groot kids books. That's really cool. <laughs> nice. I'm jealous. Yeah. I didn't know those existed. <laughs> I know. We need to look into those for sure. So uh, Anyway, they went on to say, anyway, here are some of our favorite funny moments from Marvel movies because it's impossible to pick the top ones. So no, no ranking here, right. just a list. So. They say everything from the Guardians movies <laughs> and their appearances in the Avengers movies. Yes. Okay, sure. Um, it, this one from, uh, this is from Avengers, 
Infinity War. And it's, uh, what master do I serve? What am I supposed to say? Jesus? <laughs> Star-Lord, I think, talking to. Right. Uh, I, I think that was, couldn't remember if that was from Doctor to Doctor Strange or Iron Man, but one or the other was, was funny. Right. Gosh, I, I, it's funny because I reviewed that, saw that one, and it was almost made my list. And now that you're saying it, I can't remember. <laughs> can't recall. <laughs> That was a whole week ago. Exactly. Why don't I remember that? <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, this is from Drax. What are those? What are these batteries called? Star-Lord. Anulax batteries. Drax. Ah, arbulary batteries. <laughs> That's nothing like what I just said. <laughs> Drax is yes. always great. Uh, the entire scene when Rocket is trying to teach Baby Groot what mm. button to push in the right. detonator and is asking everyone for tape. I think that definitely right. made yes. our, uh, our list last week. Uh, this one from Captain America in, I believe it was the Avengers, and it was after you know he was talking with Black Widow in the jet and getting ready to go down. And Thor had just appeared, mm-hmm. and you know, they, basically, Black Widow says, "You know, these ba- you may want to sit this one out. These are basically gods." And he <laughs> said, "There's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that." <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. Anyway, she, they they say, "I'm sure we're missing some great ones, but I'll it'll have to do." Camille and Jonathan, and thank you guys. Yeah. I appreciate the input. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for interacting with the with our episodes. We love that. Yeah, um, always love it. more interaction. Yeah. Again, if you ever want to talk about any of the past episodes, even if it's one that you are discovering for the first time from a year ago or whatever, um, feel free to send us information, uh, send us a note and we will either comment back to you off the air or right. on the show at some point. So, uh, cause we love hearing from you. This is an interactive show. Um, uh, if you ever want to uh, find us on Twitter, which is one way to interact with us, you can find us at Hyperion podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion adventures podcast. We do have a fairly new Hyperion adventures podcast, Facebook group that we're having a lot of fun yes. with a lot of members of that group. And we hope that you'll be willing to join in with that fun as well. You just do a search for Hyperion Adventurers as a group and right. just sign up. It's we're, we're not you know going to be very particular about who comes in. We just want you to be good, positive people. Yeah, yeah. And it is a lot of fun and learning some things too. So it's awesome. Yeah. Great people. So. Yeah. Meeting some new people, it's a lot of fun. So, and we did get another comment in regards to last week's show on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. This was from Scott in Minnesota, who comments quite often. He said, Loved your top five funniest Marvel moments with part of our world podcast. I can't believe that Spider Man calling Empire Strikes Back old from Civil War was not mentioned. Well, Scott, Empire Strikes Back is over 40 years old. It may be a little old. Uh, yes, that is a funny line, but it is, it is an old it is an old movie That's at funny. this point. <laughs> anyway, he goes on to say, but I love the idea of a March Madness style bracket. Certainly plenty to choose from. And I believe the funny M word that Rachel was looking for is madcap. So we can all look forward to the Hyperion Adventures March Marvel Madcap Madness. Maybe the Hyperion Adventures and part of our world podcast because we're going to do this in joint. But I yeah. like the idea yeah. that Madcap is an interesting one. Like I said before, when we were doing that episode, we have a good time to figure this out. Right, exactly. So, very good. So, 
Uh, uh, by the way, we also are on YouTube. Please find these episodes on YouTube. Just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to email us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. We really love hearing from you. And again, I, I know I say this all the time, but we really appreciate every week that there's some input and we love that. And so thank you for all of you who take time to write to us. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, we always want people to know that as with the newsletter, we never share your email address. It's, it's nope. just for communication with nope. you. We, that's exactly why we, we don't use it for anything else. Um, another great way, we, we appreciate that what, however you interact with us, whether it be mm-hmm. the email, right. whether it be um, some sort of uh, comment on our YouTube page, uh, on Twitter, uh, on, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, we appreciate the interaction on any of those platforms. Yes. So thank you very much. We also appreciate reviews very much. And this was one that actually came in last week. We had a review, a five-star review that came in last week that I didn't find out again that this was another thing that popped up right after we finished (laughs) recording. So I missed bringing this up on air last week, but I wanted to be sure and get to it this week because we did get this five-star review. And whenever we get a five-star review, we want to share it on the show. So this one was entitled Best Disney Podcast with an exclamation point, five stars. I said, Tom and Michelle are amazing at podcasting. They bring jokes, joy, and amazing topics to the table. Everyone should listen to this amazing show. And that was by WDW1971. Little smiley face. Thank you, WDW1971, whoever you are. We really appreciate it. So sweet. So sweet. Thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time to put out a review. It's really important. What it it really brings us joy to know that people are enjoying our podcast. Um, But it just, again, it's also something that helps other people know about our podcast. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for taking the time. We we really appreciate that. We do. Yeah, we super appreciate it. Um, Thank you. And WDW1971, if you want to hit us up on all these other platforms, forms and let us know who you are we'd appreciate that as well but we just appreciate uh, anything and again any reviews you send us we well as long as they're five star reviews <laughs> we will read them on the air so um and by the way one more thing i want to hit up real quickly is of course we as we announced on our third anniversary show we do have a patreon page now if you want to help us you know cut some of the curb some of the costs of this podcast because it does cost us money to put this out every week we do want to upgrade some of our equipment eventually and um the members of this group will help us do that and you also are going to get some cool swag from being a part of it as well and the tiers start as low as two dollars a month so it's really not that much but if you ever if you want to join up with us and help us on that uh just head to patreon.com slash hyperion adventures podcast and we do have a patron shout out of the week and Yay. that goes to Frank and Jen from Dillo's Diz, who you've heard on this show. You heard on our third anniversary. Uh, they are members of our Patreon group, and they are just wonderful people. They do a fantastic show, Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. Right. I was going to say the same thing. They are the nicest people um, and so fun. We enjoy interacting with them, too. But um, as you mentioned, they have a wonderful podcast and well, and, and a lot of other things uh, so, they're doing so uh, many yeah, things now. Uh, they're impressive how much they can accomplish in a week um 
I need the manual on how to do that. <laughs> Frank and Jen, if you want to send that to me. <laughs> I need to but. know what they're drinking or eating or whatever, because I don't have that type of energy to get as much done as they do. And as a matter of fact, Jen right now, I believe, is heading on a road trip that's going to eventually land her in Walt Disney World. So fun. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun as Bad well. And yep. I think Frank has also booked a brand, another Walt Disney World trip coming up. This time he's going with the family. Last time he went was like a guy's trip. This right. time he's going with the family. So uh, looking forward to hearing their adventures when they get out down there to yeah. uh, Orlando as yeah. well. They always bring out some really good things with, that they uh, experience and spot out there. So looking forward to it. For sure. For sure. Before we get into this week's show, I want to start a new segment that I think we're going to start every week. And this is going to surprise Michelle because yeah, she I'm didn't like, know huh? I was thinking this. <laughs> oh, so man. I'm going to totally catch now her. Now I'm scared. I'm totally going to catch her (laughs) off guard here. And it's just, I want to know from Michelle and from myself. And if you guys want to chime in as well in the future, um, I want to know what is your favorite thing this week? And now I'm going to discount that (laughs) our favorite thing is always doing this show together because that is always our happy place. We always love doing the show together. I always love when Michelle comes home every day from work. Uh, Those are our favorite things too. But maybe there's something that you saw on social media or you did yourself or whatever. Uh, I want to know what's your favorite things. I'll go ahead and since I'm just put this to Michelle right away. All right. I already have an idea. So while she thinks about it, I'm going to tell you what my favorite thing is. And it changed this morning. Uh, That was going on Twitter and seeing video from last night's uh, fireworks preview. Essentially they were (laughs) testing fireworks out at magic kingdom for happily ever after. And there were some people around videotaping that. And I actually got video of some uh, or got to watch some of the video uh, of some of the fireworks set to the music of Happily Ever After yeah, and amazing. Tinkerbell yeah. flying. We got, I, I don't know if they were at the poly where this video was shot, whatever, but you could see it all. And I watched it three times and I cried every single time <laughs> because it was wonderful and so cool to see. And I cannot wait until we get to experience it for ourselves here in just a few weeks. Yeah, no, that was really good. And I love that one too. And I was so glad you showed it to me too. And yep, teared up. It was really, really precious to see. And, and I guess, you you know, um, one, it's fun always seeing the fireworks shows and Tinkerbell. Um, and again, it's just this continuation of resuming, you know, more and more of the things that bring us joy at the Disney park. So that's very, very cool. Yeah. I'm going to be an absolute disaster. (laughs) There's not enough tissues in the world for when we go to see happily ever after. And especially when Tinkerbell flies, I am going to be a mess. So I can't wait for that. So that's my favorite thing from this week, Michelle, now that you had a little time to think about it, have you come up with anything? And again, I sprung this on her. She was not prepared for this. So please bear with her. uh, What your favorite thing is from this week. Um, Gosh, can I have an A and B? Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's a high period of interest podcast. You have a list of 10, whatever. Well, they're just, you know, I mean, and and maybe I'm trying to um, make it bigger than it needs to be. So, I mean, one of the things that I heard, actually, you told me was in regards to Disneyland at Disney California Adventure Park. It's sounding like getting into uh, Avengers Campus has... Um, become a lot easier smoother process so knowing that we do have an upcoming trip planned to think that oh we can do this um, even if we 
didn't have um, the web slinger reservation. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's it looked like uh, I've seen some tweets out there that they've taken down the barricades and the lines are there. I haven't been able to, I looked around, I couldn't confirm all that, that you could just walk in there now, but I've seen some things that make that look like that's what it is with Avengers Campus now, that you can just walk into Avengers Campus. Right, and we'll check that out for you all soon. Yeah. It will yeah. confirm that. Right. So if it's not the case, please don't hold us against it. I'm just, we're just saying that that's what it seems like now, but we'll see what happens when right. we get out there. So yeah. was there a B? Well, yeah. I mean, the B was actually, it was kind of something that was pretty intriguing to me. And that was um, reading some of the things that they are implementing, at least for now, with Disney Cruise Line, with some of these staycations in the United Kingdom mm. or out of the sailing out of the United Kingdom and, and some of the ways that they're looking to, you know, really help make it the safest experience people can go through and, um, you know, make sure that people have opportunities for things and the use of some of their technology, yeah. like with virtual queues and things like that, makes it really uh, very intriguing, very interesting, and uh, very exciting. And looking forward to, you know, um, seeing what happens with some of our upcoming plans mm-hmm. too, with the cruises. Right. So if you haven't heard, and Michelle, maybe you should share what you've read, since okay, uh, sure. a lot of people may not know what they're doing aboard the Magic right now as they're doing these uh, UK staycation sailings. Right. So, um, you know, they're just, again, it's, it's looking like they're really trying to um, manage and control crowds. So, um, you know, from before you actually board, you know, there's some things you can do in terms of reserving, which there's always been things that you could reserve in advance, mainly things that were uh, additional cost items. So whether it was specialty beverage tastings or spa treatments, things like that. And so that's going to continue. But also some of the shows, and even though there's an inclusive... Uh, to your price for shows, they are trying to control um, the crowd size. So they are going to be having shows more re- more repeated and having people sign up for, you know, when they will go to those shows. Same thing with the, with the kids clubs, signing in advance, reserving some set times. And they also say there are going to be some things released on board as the sailing starts, but at least to know you, you've secured some things is pretty cool too. Um, and then the other thing was uh, in terms of the arrival at the port, if you're right now, if you're a platinum castaway club member, you really don't have to have a designated time. You can arrive um, as long as it's before the sailing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can arrive, and now they, you know, they they do want you to select it. They want everybody to select times. So that's you know really, I think something that's important. And you know, I think again, even with with before COVID, it's nice to have some some control so things aren't super crowded and right. things like that. So I mean, those were the main highlights. There are a few things here and there, and in, in addition to that, but. Good stuff. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, this is what they're doing in the United Kingdom right now for these first sailings that they're doing. It'll be interesting to see how much of this is implemented when they eventually are able to start uh, cruising once again right. here from the United States, hopefully within the next couple months. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention they're like with um, the pools, some of the pools, they're they're doing virtual queues for that. So, you know, and, and I can see some people... Probably not being 
um, a fan of that for, for us knowing that like sometimes, you know, you might not, you might want to go to brunch, take your time getting out to the pool and seeing people have, you know, even though they're not supposed to reserve when they're not there, people have put things down and, you know, kind of taken place for right. hours and hours, yeah. you know, to, to know that you have, you know, some time that you know you can secure ahead of time to really have access to right. the And they have a window, so you, you like, mm -hmm. you, you don't get the chair for, excuse me, you don't get the chair for all day, right? Right, or, you know. right. that's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, if, if you've been on one of these staycations, we know we have some uh, listeners out in the UK, if you had the chance to be on one of these staycations, please let us know what your experience is. Yeah. yeah maybe we'll even bring you on the bring show on, so you can you share. Yeah, you have to share what, what went on, so yeah, let us know. Anyway, lots, cool, good, good information. Thank you, yeah. sweetheart. Thank you. So, uh, let's get to this week's show. Lots of stuff for you this week, including we received more details of some special things that are coming for the Walt Disney World's 50th birthday celebration. Mm. We'll talk yeah. about those. And the official Disney fan club announces dates for one of its biggest events, and we'll share yeah. that as well. But let's get to our main topic of the week. So yeah, this week, you know, we already heard that the very exciting announcement that fireworks are soon Yay. returning both to the Walt Disney World Resort and to the Disneyland Resort. We also received news this week about some brand new nighttime spectaculars that are coming just in time for Walt Disney World's 50th birthday. And to top that off, as we already mentioned, last night they were testing Happily Ever After, and this morning <laughs> I was weeping over it. <laughs> so we thought we'd explore you know, kind of the history of fireworks within the Walt Disney World, Disneyland parks, how they started, how they've evolved over the years and gotten us to where we are now and where we're going in the future. We, we did that. <laughs> well, I know. I've, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> here's the thing. See, Michelle's had a ridiculously busy work week this week, uh, including she had to work yesterday. So I decided, hey, I got a bright idea. <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> I'm going to take this off for plate and I'm going to do the research for once this week. So as we all know, Michelle does the very best research. I don't know. I'm really so, looking forward to this one. Set the bar very low for what you're about to hear today no, because hey. this is all coming from my research. <laughs> but we hope it, it'll be interesting and enjoyable just the same. I'm sure it will be. I'm looking forward to it. You're very sweet to do do a deep dive episode, and um, but I do I do feel weird. It's like I don't have notes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's should I've looked at some of this? Okay, we'll see. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun going through this, and there's gonna be a lot of things that you've experienced that I have not, especially when we start getting to the Walt Disney World Resort and discussing some of their fireworks show. And so you may have some input on that as well. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, and, and I'm just going to start this off by already hedging my bets a little bit on this and say, when I was researching this, 
there's a lot of conflict, especially in the early days, there's a lot of conflicting dates and how things started and sure. exactly. So I try to do my best to read through what I found and come up with the best. But if you know things that are different, if you actually know the real facts, if you experience some of these things yourself, please let us know uh, and I will correct it on the air on a future show. But I, I kind of put this together and I think this is pretty much the timeline for it as best as I can tell. Cool. So hedging my bets <laughs> right from the beginning on my low bar set research. So this is fun. So we're obviously we're gonna start in the past of when fireworks began. And of course, obviously they started at Disneyland being mm -hmm. the first Disney park. And by the way, this is also going to be just focusing on Disneyland and Walt Disney World because if I started going on all the Disney parks and when they started fireworks and right. I'm also not going to hit every single fireworks show there was plus the spinoffs for all the holidays and right. special events because <laughs> then we'd be here all day and so I'm just I'm just going to try and hit the major highlights of these as we go along so just know that going in so uh, when Disneyland originally opened in 1955 it did it without fireworks um, to begin with. They didn't have them for the entire first year of all of wow. 1955. Mm -hmm. uh, that changed in 1957 when uh, Disney events director uh, convinced Walt Disney that, hey, you know, having some nighttime fireworks might keep people in the parks a little longer. Right. And they might, you know, sit down and enjoy some dinner here at the Disneyland, at Disneyland right. Park as well. So, you know, they worked on that and they he finally convinced Walt, maybe we should we start doing this. So uh, they petitioned the Anaheim City Council to begin doing two shows a week on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And there was some people, some locals, they were like, oh, the noise and everything. <laughs> I'm not so sure. But it, the Anaheim City Council finally agreed to mm -hmm. it. And they began doing not a few nighttime weekend shows that were actually handled by an outside company by the name of Atlas Fireworks is who the first company that would handle them. Now, these first shows, and actually for a long time, the first shows, these were fireworks that were hand lit for the most part. Wow. They had guys, apparently, that were wearing like, it was like fireproof vests and railroad flares wow. that would go up and light the fuses by hand oh and God. turn away <laughs> really? as they were going, not to hopefully not get it in the face. So um, that just tells you where we all started for fireworks <laughs> as to where we are now, how crazy that is. Um, but anyway, they, they, they first started these shows. They were only about four and a half to five minutes long. They were set to Disney music wow. um, when they went along, but they weren't exactly like synchronized like they are sure. now because obviously harder to do when it's two guys in asbestos vests <laughs> going up with railroad <laughs> flares and trying to fire these off. Uh, but they were a success. And so eventually Disney did petition the Anaheim City Council once again we want to do this every night, seven nights a week. Um, there were complaints again by the locals. It's too loud and, you know, brought, causes too much traffic. But the city council went ahead and agreed with it. And that's when they started doing uh, fireworks seven nights a week. And they developed the Fantasy in the Sky fireworks show, which was the very first uh, officially named Ooh. Disney fireworks show. I think. Anyway, um, it did include, like I said, the musical soundtrack was about a little under five minutes. Um, 
But it was, you know, despite there was some outcry from the locals, from the, the citizens of Anaheim about the noise and everything else every mm-hmm. night, uh, whenever that thing was even just delayed by like five minutes, apparently the switchboard would light up at Disney like, <laughs> where are the fireworks? What's going on? Why aren't there fireworks yet? So it, it did become very, it was, even though there were some locals that didn't really agree with it it did become a a favorite for them yeah i mean probably some people could see it from their their homes or whatever well if you've ever been to disneyland like the homes are like right there yeah i know that is true that is true so definitely could for sure um so the other they had ran into another problem as well with this uh that they had to kind of work through and they eventually figured it out i guess a little bit but if you know disneyland the i-5 freeway runs right next to it like you can see the matterhorn and um mission breakout and space mountain and everything right from the freeway there well they started running into a traffic issue when they started firing (laughs) fireworks every night that people wanted to pull over to the side of the freeway to watch the fireworks so um, they kind of had to work through that, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I could see that totally happening there for sure. Even you know, I mean, not not now, I guess, because it w- it's not happening. But I could see that, especially yeah. something fairly new and. Well, yeah, and it wasn't it it wasn't common. I mean, right. you, you, fireworks back then were special events, right, like Fourth of July right. or something like that. Yeah. So this was year. this was every night as people yeah. were driving around. <laughs> so it you know it's like wow, I got to check this out. But eventually, of course, since it became every night. Uh, you know, the novelty kind of right, wore off right, for some yeah. people. So uh, moving over to the East Coast now, uh, in 1971, Disney also wanted a show to go along with their brand new Walt Disney World Resort in the opening of Magic Kingdom. Now, they shot some um, fireworks off to begin with. It was like, I, I, and I'm sorry because I had it and I, I forgot to notate it here, but I believe it was like the uh, Sky Spectacular or something along those lines was their first fireworks show it wasn't really a coordinated thing to begin with it was just something to get some fireworks off to kind of start the park but eventually they decided hey let's bring fantasy in the sky mm-hmm. over to walt disney world and great you know right. because we already have it plotted out or whatever and we can get this thing going and great and that ran for a very long time at the walt disney world resort cool yeah i know that name is familiar and i'm trying to remember is it because it was at both parks or because I've seen it on some of the, you know, um, historical TV shows that we now can see on Disney plus. Um, but that name sounds really familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it ran for a very long time. We'll talk about that in a moment here. Um, the problem they did run into is trying to transport that show from Disneyland to Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom was, well, the, as we all know, the castle at Magic Kingdom is a little taller than Sleeping Beauty <laughs> Castle. <a> Cinderella <laughs> Castle is a bit taller. <laughs> so they had to change the show a little bit. Luckily, they got uh, a larger budget to work with when they were developing this right. show for over there. And they changed the show a bit to be at Magic Kingdom. Uh, they, they allowed them to shoot the fireworks off you know, like at a much larger scale, three times higher mm-hmm. uh, to get it out there. But it was still, for the most part, a very similar show that to, from what they were doing at Disneyland. Right, right. Makes sense, especially if you're, you know, trying to recreate something that people already love, you know, why not stay, keep it the same? Mm-hmm. For sure. 
Yeah. So, um, by the way, uh, as far as I was telling you, they were lighting them by hand to begin with out at Disneyland. By the late 60s, they had kind of developed a, a board that they could do that they could fire off. Uh, there'd be a, uh, someone there that could push buttons and they would fire. So they weren't all the way up until, you know, the late 80s or whatever, right. uh, firing them by hand. They eventually had this board that they could push buttons for the fireworks that they wanted to go. And that allowed them to synchronize it with the music a little bit better. And then moving into the 80s, uh, they actually were able to start working in computers to kind of start doing that as well. And they right. really could get these shows going where, you know, when a certain firework went off, uh, the music could be at the same time right. when it's synchronized. Yes. That's very, yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. I mean, in the early, even in the early days of Walt Disney World, um, computers were really instrumental with so much. I mean, we know about, you know, how things were built ab above like the Utilidor and things like that. And a lot of these giant computers were below all of these attractions and everything. So it makes sense that they were utilizing technology now for this type of, of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they've, they've constantly, and believe me, as this is really going to be, this is this title of this segment is the evolution of Disney right. nighttime spectaculars. There's going to be a lot of evolution that you're going to see through this because a lot of stuff has changed over the years and it seems to be changing more and more rapidly as we move right. through it yes. because of the technology. Um, so fantasy in the sky would remain the primary fireworks spectacular at Disneyland from what was it? I say it started around 1957 until the year 2000. Wow. Okay. So that's how long that was there. It was the primary nighttime spectacular at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World until 2003. Really? Yes. So it was it was the fireworks show that you, most of you probably saw when you were really young, you know, because it was around for that long. I'm not saying that they didn't do different things for holidays and some other sure. some other things would make appearance, but these were the primary shows up until that time. Wow. I would have thought differently, but that's interesting. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, Fantasy in the Sky has occasionally come back for short runs or nightly things or whatever, right. you know, it'll make appearances. We actually got to see it not that long ago, just a few years ago. Uh, they broke it out for Disneyland after dark throwback. Right. Night. I was going to say, I remember that was, yeah. Yeah. One of the, uh, things that they had that evening. Yeah. That was like, you know, throwing back. Cause it was all about, you know, throwing back to what it was like back in the day, back yeah, when Disneyland was young, right. Disney, date night at Disneyland, et cetera. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember, um, even the, the, brochure for the day or the map and everything had things very much looking like you would have expected back in, I don't know, the fifties or sixties and everything. And it was, it was great. It was cool. Uh, the nighttime yeah. Disneyland events, um, were spectacular yeah. and I'm hoping won't be too long till we start hearing about some sure. more nighttime ticketed events coming up right, here within yes. the next year or so. But that was cool. Yay. That was cool. Matter of fact, I put out on, uh, on social media, I've been doing, We've been doing these things this in the mornings where we're putting out some positive messages right. in the mornings. And one of the things I put out there was from the Sweethearts Night, which was the princes and princesses right. dancing together, which was a really special moment at Sweethearts Night. Yeah, that, that was very memorable. And yeah, you've done a great job this week with those. I've loved them. We've done a great job with them and we've had a lot of fun with that. So um, moving on. Sorry for the tangent there. Uh, one other note about Fantasy in the Sky. Uh, that was the show that also debuted one of the guest favorite traditions 
of all the nighttime spectaculars, at least at Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, that would follow suit. And one thing that brought me to tears this morning, <laughs> and that is Tinkerbell's Flight. Right. Um, debuted with Fantasy in the Sky at Disneyland. Um, this was made possible after the debut of the Matterhorn in 1959. They ran a wire. No, I mean, Tinkerbell would fly. fly. From the Matterhorn <laughs> uh, to Sleeping Beauty Castle. Right. Um, and that, that was available because they had Matterhorn there, Disney's first mountain, to be able to uh, fly to where she could fly from. Sure, sure. So um, they, the fly, first flight happened in June of 1961. The very first Tinkerbell was named Tiny Klein. Oh, my goodness. Yes. How funny. Uh, she was a former circus performer, and at the time of her first flight, she was 70 years old. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> really cool. Um, she was. She had some others that followed um, near after her. So is she a relative of yours? It's spelled a little differently. Okay. Klein spelled K-L-I-N-E, and I actually think it was a stage name more than anything else. Gotcha. But interesting. Yeah. Uh, more than interesting else than she was 70 when she first yeah. came out. Um, uh, she continued to uh, do Tinkerbell until 1964 when she unfortunately passed away due to stomach cancer. Mm -hmm. But uh, her legacy still lives on, as I was talking about today, where we see Tinkerbell fly. Right. And it is one of my favorite moments of any of the nighttime spectaculars, for sure. Right. And, and maybe just um, because... I don't know, of difference in location and everything. I think Tinkerbell in Disneyland is a lot more noticeable because you are closer, you know, closer to the castle and, you know, like you said, Matterhorn, things like that. Um, so you really can appreciate her so much more, I think, at Disneyland than Walt Disney World. Appreciate meaning seeing her, not yeah. we all appreciate her. Always, always. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things, and it's, it's such a tradition that I can't believe has been going on since 1961, and it's just, it's so cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's so great. Very cool. So, so moving on, so near the end of the millennium, Disney higher-ups were starting to see that guests weren't paying as much attention to these fireworks. <laughs> They've been going for 40 years or whatever it is, you know, yeah. the same fireworks show. I mean, they they gradually upgraded Fantasy in the Sky. It wasn't, this, you know, the same one they were doing in 1957 right. was the same one they were doing in 2000, you sure. know, but it still was kind of the same fireworks show. So they figured out we need to start looking at doing something different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, so they, and they also, there was all this new technology as we'd already discussed. Right. There were new techniques for fireworks right. as we talked about. So they wanted to start figuring out how they could utilize these in some of these shows. Makes sense. For yeah. Sure. So in Disneyland to celebrate its 45th anniversary, they debuted a brand new show, and that was entitled Believe There's Magic in the Stars. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I mean, most people got to know it as just believe or believe in magic right. or whatever, but it was the full title was Believe There's Magic in the Stars. And that was early 2000s, you said? That was, yeah. Uh, it, was, uh, it debuted in February of 2000 and ran until summer of 2004. Mm, yeah. Okay. So uh, it was the first to have its own created theme song that was composed by Gregory Smith and sung by Sandy Patty was her name. Yeah. Uh, it was also used songs from many popular Disney movies, something that would really right. become, you know, I mean, not that they weren't using it already in Fantasy right. in the Skies, but um, they were really putting it to the sure, next level, sure. with, starting with this show. I'd also inspired a spinoff show for the holidays that was Believe in Holiday Magic, which was still running 
as of the last time they were doing these in 2019. Wow. We've seen it. Um, we'll see if it's mm-hmm. back for 2021. Right. But just that the only reason I'm, I'm not going to bring on all the holiday ones, but just right. to note that that one is still was still going on. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that one was has been going on for that long. Right. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Uh, meanwhile, the crew at the Walt Disney World Resort were working on something different and special for the East Coast. Uh, this will become an enormous guest yes. favorite. <laughs> In October of 2003, the Magic Kingdom debuted Wishes, mm-hmm. a magical gathering of Disney dreams. Most people just know it as Wishes, wishes right. but the entire title is Wishes a Magical Gathering of Disney Dreams. And if you don't know this show, uh, it was hosted by Jiminy Cricket and the Blue Fairy and revolved around the wishes of famous Disney characters, both good and bad. Right, yeah, yeah. It was, like you said, it, it was a fan favorite. I mean, and, and I think we heard that even louder as it went away, but it, it really was a spectacular special fireworks show for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are really taking these new techniques and this new technology and syncing it up to uh, clips and, and songs from these movies and everything. And one of the big highlights of this show was that during different times throughout it, uh, they would have a firework that would be the wishing star firework that they would Ooh. fire off at different times to kind of go through these wishes, these dreams that were coming from these various different right, Disney characters. Right. Yeah, so. Oh, I mean, so special. And I think, it, you know, was one of the, even though they, they had already started synchronization of the fireworks to the music, the type of fireworks mm-hmm. they had and you know what they did in the sky was also I think a big change that we saw and really helped tell that story yeah uh, so the narration along with it it did tell a story it wasn't just music set to fireworks right. I mean there was in the same with um, uh, believe, believe in the, there's magic in the stars same thing same concept this was a new thing for Disney to kind of have the show be a real show where there was right. actually a, a story being told through sound and music and fireworks and lighting displays and everything else. And it really was a huge step forward in, yes. in these nighttime spectaculars. Right. It really, you know, I mean, so much so that people were just, it was always super crowded yeah. there, you know, and, you know, trying to figure out where you wanted to be when they ended and it was all part of the strategy to enjoy this spectacular nighttime you know, phenomena. Right. And to this day, there's hundreds of people that will tell you that Wishes is still (laughs) their favorite fireworks show of all time because they just, they fell in love with it. It's one of the first ones that struck a chord with them and it's an extremely popular show. Right. You know, I, I mean, I do think it's that storytelling that it was more than just music and fireworks, which is still really fun. But it, it was really sharing a story and, and it was newer and fresher and everything. And it was one of those shows that actually, you know, would bring the emotion sure, that you right. would get. And that's going to be something that would follow suit with Disney um, moving forward is that they would bring those emotions forward, those, right. uh, those impactful moments uh, within the show because it was a story, because it was telling things and they would, uh, it would, there were these times that you would be weeping right, right there at the hub or on Main Street exactly. USA or wherever you were watching these shows right and you know you could tell the popularity just continued to increase because of the fact that they had to add on all these additional ways to watch the fireworks so whether you know were different evening cruises you know whether it was the pirate cruise or Mm -hmm. you know um some of the other ones that would go off for seven seeds lagoons the pontoon boats and different ones Mm -hmm. because 
people really, really, even whether they were in the park or just outside of the park, wanted to experience that storytelling. For sure. For sure. And there's great spots. You know, we're talking about California Grill up there, right. you know, or now the uh, the Top of the World Lounge or, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, at the Polynesian, you know, places on the beach at Fort Wilderness, right. you know, all sorts of places where people can just take in these fireworks and not necessarily even have to be in the park. Right. And that was all started because of this and the piping, the music and the sounds and everything in uh, for people to enjoy sure. so yes. much. So. So this show ran until May of 2017, and, and then it was replaced by something we will be talking about here in just a few more moments. But uh, I want to talk about some of the other spots, because so far we've only talked about Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. But nighttime spectaculars weren't limited, obviously, to those parks. Right. They developed in other parks as well. And of course, the first park outside of Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World where fireworks were debut would be the first park that was built at Walt Disney World after Magic Kingdom. That was Epcot. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When that park opened in uh, October of 1982, it had a fireworks show of its own that was entitled Carnival de Lumiere. Really? Yes, just didn't recall it. Well, maybe it just didn't know the name of it. Right. Well, anyway, uh, this show apparently uh, incorporated screens and barges. Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for this show, the viewing angles uh, from what uh, all reports are um, from a lot of esp- aspects of World Showcase mm-hmm. weren't the greatest. Like the only place you could actually, because of the way the barges were and the screens were pointed, if you weren't at the front of World Showcase, like between Mexico and Canada, you couldn't see the show wow. <laughs> really well. Wow. So it didn't last a long time. As a matter <laughs> of fact, in the summer of 1983, it was replaced by a show called A New World Fantasy, which added some a few more effects and, uh, you know, some other things. But again, this ended up being another temporary show. Didn't last for very long at all. Uh, in 1984, uh, a show that would be entitled Laser Phonic Fantasy would take its place. It used the same soundtrack as uh, A New World Fantasy, but it added lasers. Ooh. Laser Phonic <laughs> Fantasy. That's right. Uh, it lasted a little longer, but still wasn't quite hitting the mark. <laughs> we went through several shows in these first few years there at uh, Epcot. So in January of 1988, Epcot finally scored its hit Nighttime Spectacular. That's right. That was when they debuted Illuminations. Illuminations. Yes. Yeah. So what, 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 when you think Illuminations, especially the original Illuminations, what do you think, Michelle? Oh, yeah. The, the original one was spectacular um and you could see it from all over world showcase um it would you know the excitement started when you'd see the giant globe coming out um and just seeing all that they could do with that show and again you felt kind of close because it was right there in the water in front of you and um that they did use spaceship earth also as part of 
of the actual whole show and presentation too. So it was, um, I, I remembered like even as it finished, you were, as you were walking out, you would still see some projections on world, mm -hmm. uh, on spaceship earth and just felt like, Oh, it's still going on. It hasn't quite ended. My day is still going. The magic is here and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that was, it was pretty spectacular. And I, and I felt like, um, Again, it was storytelling, and it was really done very well mm -hmm. from the well, beginning. What Disney does really well is yes. storytelling, for sure. So uh, this show, again, if you don't know Illuminations, it uh, incorporated synthesized music similar to what the shows that it preceded it had, uh, but it also added an original soundtrack to it as well. So you know, that was a little bit different. They had their own music that they were playing within this. It also added interesting lights, laser graphics to go along with the music and the fireworks, and it was a big hit for many, many years. Right. I mean... It like I said, I mean, I think it really, um, really captured the essence of what World Showcase was, which was all these different nations coming together. And as a world, we are, are one. Um, it also tied in what Disney does really well, which is taking several words and combining them mm -hmm. to be illuminations, right. you know. Um, and so it, it, it just, it felt like it was different, like there was a, a higher level of technology, I guess is the best way to put it here, because you also were by um, World Showcase, which was also supposed to be high, highlighting technology in the world and, and things like that. So it really was capturing the whole essence of the parks there. And um, the fact that you could experience it from different places, you could capture different things that you might not have seen because you've if you're viewing it from say United Kingdom versus over at Mexico, you know, and, but just to, I think the other thing that I remember noticing having gone early on and then not going until later is the trees developed <laughs> quite a bit over time. So when it first was showing, you could clearly see well across all you know all the lands and as they would light up each individual countries uh, with those lights and and highlight that country as part of the um, the storytelling it was so noticeable and then uh, I had been away for a while when I went back and and saw all these big full trees and it's like wait are they lighting something up? Let me, I can't, you know, so it, it was a different perspective, but it was just something that was natural. But that's, I think, one of the differences I noticed from when it first came out. Very cool. Very cool. I, I didn't get to experience the original illumination. So it's good to hear from Michelle, what, what, what she experienced from the original version of it. So. Um, so Illumin the original version of Illuminations ran for eight years, okay? Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't be the last show that would have that Illuminations title. Right. Uh, it, it, what ended up happening to celebrate Epcot's 25th birthday, Illuminations 25 debuted in 1986, and it had a couple different incarnations, actually uh, three different incarnations of it. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a version A that ran until May of 1997, and it added additional fireworks barges, new laser and lighting effects, and a contemporary musical score. It was then replaced by Illuminations 25B, which altered the program some and changed some of the score to more classical music. Mm -hmm. so, and then eventually uh, they would become, uh, version B would eventually become Illuminations 98. Basically the same show, they just took away the narration 
talking about the 25th anniversary <laughs> celebration. Right. So, um, and then that would run for that where, and then uh, after you got through 1998, um, they wanted to do something different for the Disney World Millennium Celebration. So in October of 1999, they debuted another Illumination mm -hmm. show. And that was Illuminations Reflections on Earth, which was uh, the show that would run for many, many years after that. Uh, this show featured um, fireworks, pyrotechnics, water fountains, fire effects, lasers, searchlights, and a, that large rotating globe that Michelle was talking about right. with the LED lights on there. Right, right. Yeah, um, I, I particularly remember the fire element being added to it which was pretty cool personally still felt the original one had a little bit more um meat to the story and to you know what they were talking about it was still really pretty to see and beautiful um it's just having that comparison it just seemed like the first one the original had a little bit more um entertainment of the story yeah and that's what i've heard from many people that they like the original version of illuminations more even though reflections of earth lasted for longer mm -hmm. uh they like the original version more so uh it basically for illuminations uh reflections of earth what it basically did is tell the story of earth focusing on the idea of humanity as a single unified tribe and just as michelle mentioned with the fire the lagoon was surrounded by 19 large torches mm -hmm. signifying the first 19 centuries since this was a 2000 thing yeah. you know this was the millennium thing and the show culminated in the globe opening to reveal a 20th torch representing the now completed 20th century. Right. And that part was really cool for sure. Seeing the globe open and, and show the other torch. I didn't realize the 19 and the significance that that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I know going on, like in the wintertime on colder nights, it was good to be by some of those flames. Every once in a while, going, it's yeah. like, oh, that feels good for a second. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. So uh, that show ended up running until the end of September of 2019. And we'll get to what replaced it here in a moment. Now over Disney Hollywood Studios, or it was known at the time, Disney MGM Studios, they wanted to do something as well over there, as you might expect. Uh, not long after the park launched, they also debuted their own nighttime fireworks spectacular entitled Sorcery in the Sky. Mm-hmm. It took inspiration from the park studio, then uh, synchronizing fireworks to various movie themes, including The Wizard of Oz, Singing in the Rain, Mary Poppins, Star Wars, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Fantasia. Mm. Mm. It finished with a grand finale in which a giant inflatable Mickey Mouse in his Sorcerer's Apprentice garb emerges from the top of the Chinese theater and shoots sparks from his fingertips... <laughs> Sounds a little like another nighttime spectacular. <laughs> that was fun. That was a good. Sh that was a good fireworks show, you know. And I think too because, um, it, and even though I, you know, love everything Disney, it was fun, you know, and it, it incorporated, you know, the whole essence of what that park was about to have some of the other uh, films featured that were not necessarily Disney films. Right. So, and you know, especially with it being right there where the great movie ride was taking right. place where they did focus on some films that weren't Disney films as well within yeah. that attraction. Exactly. So, yeah. Good stuff. So obviously that sounded a little like the conclusion of Fantasmic, <laughs> right? Well, 
that's what would sort of replace it in October of 1998. Now, they had been running uh, Fantasmic over in Disneyland on the Rivers of America mm -hmm. since 1992, and Disney decided it needed to come to the East Coast as well because right. it had been a hit over at Disneyland. So they placed it in the Hollywood Hills Amphitheater with a few tweaks, and it's still running well, at least pre-pandemic, it's still running <laughs> to this day. We'll see when it's coming back. If it's coming back, we assume it's coming back eventually when the nighttime spectaculars get going again. Right. I remember being really excited to hear it was coming on the East Coast because I had seen um, film of the one on the West Coast and was super jealous because it looked amazing. Um, and not having had an opportunity to experience at that time, I was like, oh, man. Although I have to say, again, at you know Disneyland, you are in closer proximity <laughs> to the show uh, because it's right there on the waters, as you mentioned at uh, Disneyland. Yeah, it's not in Disneyland. It's not a, a theater per right. se. It's right there on the Rivers of America, right in front of uh, Tom Sawyer's Island, mm -hmm. and you kind of there are just some staging areas around New Orleans Square and. Um, Frontierland and right. everything there, where you can get some good viewing spots, but it is still the it is the better version of Fantasmic, in my right. opinion. I think you agree with that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. And that they've they've modernized it even again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, um, at, over at Disney Hollywood Studios, they would also add nighttime shows, like Star Wars: A Galactic Spectacular, yes. and of course, the holiday favorite, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. Yes. <laughs> Awesome show. Those all uh, focused on projections. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment here as well. So we've hit Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Disney's Hollywood Studios. That leaves one more Walt Disney World Park. Animal Kingdom? That's right. Disney's Animal Kingdom. Now, this was a tough park to have a nighttime spectacular in because... The animals. Right. You cannot have fireworks there. You don't want to spook the animals, exactly. of course. So they had to come up with something different. And what they decided on, they announced that for Earth Day in 2016, they were going to launch something called Rivers of Light. Now, it was delayed by a Quite bit. A bit yeah. yeah. They were struggling to get it together, get everything together. So instead, what they ended up doing first was to do a show that was kind of along the same idea. It was called The Jungle Book, Alive with Magic, and it took place on Discovery River. It was a very short-lived show beginning in May of 2016 and only running until September of that year because, again, it was only meant to be a filler. They were just right. looking to put something in place for that summer. It was basically had a lot of uh, film clips and songs uh, from the, the Jungle Book, and they had it was a very... Um, kind of Indian focus, right. you know, and it, it just kind of had that feel and had performers and everything else. But, you know, it was a short-lived show. So finally, uh, it was replaced by Rivers of Light in that same exact space in February of 2017. And that show featured water effects, mist screens, floating lanterns, lights, fog, projection mapping, and live performers, and did incorporate the park's tree of life into the show. It was spectacular. I, I, I know that it wasn't as as well received, but I thought it was amazing. Beautiful, very, you know, vivid, colorful, um, really great, great scenery. Um, part of it I thought was kind of cute. Personally, having gone to um, in Hawaii, there's a, 
a, an attraction location there that's not a Disney one, but where they have people coming out on rafts mm-hmm. and dancing, you know, a Polynesian mm-hmm. style. Um, and so it was kind of cute seeing that was also kind of the theme or how the things were presented to you in that these these floats on the water were coming by. But I thought it was really, really beautiful. I loved, loved, loved Yeah, it. we did a uh, dinner right package to get the nice seating and we had dinner at tiffin's which was wonderful and right. we had a, a great time going and seeing right. that show and it was probably one of those like it was really magical too because it was our first time going to tiffin's and we were blown away at the quality of the food the location the um decor of that that restaurant the service um you know it was definitely an elevated uh dining experience you know and then to be able to then that same evening see the show and have the priority seating area it it was magical it was it was great we loved it yeah. very much uh, unfortunately not enough people did um the show never really took off it didn't help that the theater that we sat in uh where the show takes place only seats five thousand guests and that's the smallest capacity at any of the walt right. disney uh world nighttime shows so it was difficult to get spots there to watch it um, you know, there were just various things about it that just made, didn't take off with most people, even though we enjoyed it. Um, there weren't there weren't a lot that did. So they changed the show in May of 2019, adding footage of many Disney characters and tweaking the title to Rivers of Light. We are one. And that one ran until the parks closed due to the pandemic. However, unlike some of the other big nighttime shows, it doesn't look like that one's coming back. Right. Looks like they've sunsetted that for now. So we'll have to see what what is to come as far as spectaculars, if they do ever have another nighttime spectacular at Animal Kingdom Park. Right, right. So So something to hope and look forward to, something new. Yeah, yeah. So now we've talked a lot on the show about the East Coast. Let's get back to the West Coast. And of course, the Disneyland Resort opened a second gate in 2001 with Disney California Adventure Park, and they wanted a nighttime show as well. So in November of 2001, they debuted... Luminaria. Really? Uh, you remember that one, right? No. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> it was a low-level fireworks show performed on Paradise Bay with a show design similar to Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. It had a little kind of, it looked like almost like a half-peeled orange globe thing that was in the oh, middle of it. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it contained water fountains with changing patterns and fireworks were discharged in sync with seasonal music. Uh, I said seasonal, right? Well, that's because it only lasted one season. (laughs) It closed in January of the next year. So, um, you know, it it only went from November to January. November 2001, January of 2002. Uh, But what came to eventually replace it, though, was something truly spectacular. Now, it took a while. After more than eight years of work to design and install all the components in June of 2010, World of Color debuted at Disney California Adventure Park right there on Paradise Bay as well. That show uses nearly 1,200 fountains that can shoot water up to 200 feet high. Other water features include a 380-foot-long mist screen on which they project images of various Disney films. Oh, there's also fire. We (laughs) talked about fire already. There's lots of fire within this show as well. Instruments were added that shoot flames up to 50 feet in the air. It's crazy. 
and there's fog and lasers. I mean, <laughs> it's got everything. It's amazing. We highly suggest you check it out once it returns because it's one of our favorite nighttime shows. Yes, it really is wonderful. And it's one of those that they do have a holiday overlay as well. Um, and so I think that gives you some options during the year to have different uh, type of shows. But it is really spectacular. Um I think it, it's fun, too, because uh, especially like for kids, you can pick where you want to stand and they do have like a wet zone and things like that. So I know like some some people really get into that and, and it's fun and you're guaranteed to get wet in that area from what I understand. Because of the misting, right? the way the wind's blowing or whatever, you're going to get wet probably if you're right up front there. Exactly. Um, it's one of uh, the dessert package shows that they've had in the past that I dinner package yeah yeah. right that um that I thought was one of the best ever Mm -hmm. dessert packages that we've ever experienced you know uh you had both sweets and some savory like cheeses and things like that um had great viewing and that's the key yeah great great viewing It is. It's the key, especially when you're vertically challenged like Michelle is. Well, Great viewing yeah. is important. When you're vertically challenged and you're not realizing that the first time you go see the show that maybe location is an important element and you you do see the fire, you yeah. see <laughs> water shooting up There's there. There's stuff up there. I see it over know, that person's I, head. It was just so hilarious. You're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. And I'm like, I... I really don't see any. I see some colors coming out from over everybody's head, but I don't see images. Exactly. <laughs> Too so, funny. And we always talk about, you know, what is value to people and what you spend your money on when you're at the Disney parks. These are the reasons why we're not <laughs> against doing a dessert package or a dinner package right. to see some of these shows because of the fact that if we don't, Michelle probably will only see the top <laughs> of these shows. So... That's why we, we, we it's it's value for us. Right, right. And I don't want to make it sound like there's not great viewing areas from there. Um, we thought closer would be better. But when you're closer and you're short, it's maybe not as. Whereas they have some other areas that, you know, have an incline, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, so uh, you could find some other locations that maybe see a little bit more. They just need a vertically challenged section. So all the yeah. people, like, you know, they already have the, you must be this tall to ride this ride. You, <laughs> you must, must be, be this, this short, short to stand yeah, in this section. I like it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, before we head to the present, I'd be negligent if I didn't mention one more nighttime spectacular for Disneyland. And it's one that was developed to celebrate the happiest place on Earth's 60th birthday. And that is Disneyland forever. Now, It debuted in May of 2015, and as far as I can tell, and again, please send us a note if you know differently, uh, it it was the first Disney nighttime fireworks spectacular to really focus on projections. Okay. Uh, It also featured lasers, fire effects, searchlights, and was set to the music and film clips from several Disney films, including Mary Poppins, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Lion King, and hashtag Real Men Love Frozen. (laughs) Uh, It also incorporated two new songs, the theme song, which was Live the Magic, and the show's exit song, A Kiss Goodnight, written by Richard Sherman Mm -hmm. and sung by Broadway star Ashley Brown. Uh, It ran until September 2016, and then it came back for a little bit as well, but it was mostly focused on uh, debuting for the uh, Disneyland's 60th birthday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Beautiful show. Love that show very much. Yeah, some great music. 
Uh-huh. Love the, I think the music just really stuck with me. Right. When I'd see that. And the projections yeah. brought a new element right. um, to this, uh, to these shows. Um, something we hadn't really seen much before. I mean, not that there weren't, you know, lights and color changes and everything, but actual projections right. of movies. On the buildings on, on Main Street. On Yeah, on, well, Main Street came later, but on uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle. Oh, that's right, yeah. And yeah. the Matterhorn right. and out at... Um, uh, small world, right? Um, great stuff to check out. So that leads us to the present, and that heads us back to the East Coast. As we talked about the addition of projections to Disneyland's Great Fireworks Spectacular, well, you had to know Magic Kingdom <laughs> wanted a piece of that as well, right? So in May 2017, they debuted Happily Ever After, which is, as far as fireworks spectaculars, right now it's my favorite fireworks spectacular. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. It's it's really, it's larger than life. It's beautiful. It's got every element that you want in a nighttime show. Um, and and again, I think we've had some. We've had a really special experience with that. That maybe um, really clinched it for us as being fabulous and that was you know when we did get to see it um we did a also a dessert package there as well um but it It was within the first week of its debut right right and we were just like thrilled that the timing that we had already planned that trip because it was a trip from california over to there that it that it worked out for that time to be able to go see it then um and then talk about a kiss goodnight. I think we had something special. Yeah. Uh, so that night um, we did, this was unannounced. I mean, I think some people knew that because there were some TV cameras there and we just kind of figured, okay, they're just there to kind of shoot this for whatever, for the future right. or whatever. Um, but once the show ended, they say, Stuck, stick around because we have a special performance for you. And out came on stage the people who sung the theme song right. Jordan Fisher and Angie Keelhauer yes. came out and performed the theme song for us afterwards so right. we had this double happily yes. ever after moment right. which was right from the castle so it will always have a special place in our heart when you've got that much going on for right it. right i just think you know from our very first time seeing it being really blown away by the whole thing and then having that unusually wonderful pixie dust moment really like i said that cinched it for us i right. think so uh, again uh projections pyrotechnics lasers etc all you know, right there on cinderella castle it was state-of-the-art show it's a wonderful show and i'm so glad it will be back at the walt disney world resort tests last night back at the Walt Disney World Resort on July 1st, and we're going to get to see it in a few weeks after that. Yes, we can be more excited for it. Exactly. So also returning um, on July 1st over at Epcot is Epcot Forever, which replaced Illuminations Reflections of Earth for, as a semi-temporary right. show. It had a very <laughs> short run because it started in November, or excuse me, October of 2019, and then the pandemic hit. And got to, you know, we haven't had any shows for a while but right. it's going to be back for a few more months here uh the, it uh, incorporates if you haven't seen this lasers lighting and even kites to tell the story of the the history of the park and including some of the music mm-hmm. from some of the classic and current attractions of this park and i know when we went and saw that a lot of that music especially hit michelle right in the fields right right definitely i mean i'll admit it it's not spectacular like uh, you know all these other nighttime shows but it's 
touching yet, at least from, you know, personal. And I know different people experience things at different times in their lives. To me, hearing some of the music of early Epcot days, and and I know I've mentioned this in the past, you know, reminiscing of um, times with my family, you know, as a kid, being with my parents and, you know, or going back later uh, as a young adult with friends and things like that. It just... um, like you said, it touched me in the feels. It it just really uh, highlights some of those, the songs from the classic attractions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, like you said, the history of that, that particular park. So it's enjoyable. It's more enjoyable if you have that, um, you know, connection mm-hmm. with the early days of Epcot, especially. But, I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I recognize and wouldn't set the bar high for people to say <laughs> this is an amazing uh, nighttime show. It isn't. It's cute. It's, it's, it's a temporary show. Yeah. It's charming. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be, it doesn't matter because it's a show that's coming back and we're excited that there's nighttime shows coming back. Yeah. Right now, so that's great. Another show that's coming back. I need to talk about one more. It's coming back here and that's over here on the West Coast. And that's Mickey's Mix Magic, which first debuted in Disneyland in January of 2019 to celebrate Mickey and Minnie's uh, 90th birthday. Right. It also uses projections. That uses projections up and down Main Street, USA. And basically, if you don't know this show, it is a dance party. Yes. I mean, it is. It, I, I challenge you to go to this and not be moving your feet or right. your butt or whatever as this as the music goes, because there are some jams <laughs> yes. within that, including with like some stuff like a remixes of uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts. Right. And you know me. Let it go. The <laughs> remix for Let It Go is amazing. Uh, it's really it's really, really fun. Now, some people have complained about this show, but. There's the one thing about Disneyland shows now going forward, and this kind of leads us to our future. Um, We in California, especially Southern California, live in a very big wildfire worried zone, okay? And so there are nights when when there was just fireworks that the shows would have to be canceled because of the fact that if the wind is too high, there's danger that some of this could blow and right. start a fire. And we just cannot have that because it's really, really dangerous when these things start. Yes. So uh, they put on, they decided to do a show that they could do two ways. They can do it with fireworks or without. Right. And you still get that nighttime spectacular at night. Now, eventually I think they're going to develop something new. But I love Mickey's Mix Magic. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a dance party. It gets your toes tapping. It gets a smile on your face. And it's it's really enjoyable. Right. And I think people know the music because they've seen it, um, you know, with the, the birthday celebrations. And uh, even right now at Walt Disney World, you can hear the music and with some of the little floats, yeah. ca- cavalcade that come by and, and things like that. But I mean, I think the difference is uh, that this is an immersive experience compared to where you're uh, with the other firework shows, you're in the audience watching it, you know, from afar. In here, it's happening all around you. You feel it, you're seeing it, you're, you know, um, especially if you're on Main Street, you uh, or I guess anywhere, you know, you're actually among all the action happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it a little bit different in a really cool way, because like I said, you're, you're immersed into the party and it's 
different than just watching a show. But you're right, the projections and, you know, we've seen that with, you know, how they project things on the castle and it looks totally different. It's just kind of now a, a slate for them to put on any mm -hmm. kind of imagery towards it. Um, but to have that all throughout Main Street as well, it it really is fun. Like you said, it, it's high energy with the music. It's a dance party. And you're a part of it. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you will get the fireworks at night. And that makes it even that much better. Right. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do in the future once they get through this. Mickey's Mixed Magic is coming back on uh, July uh, 2nd. I can't remember what the date is right now. But when it comes back, uh, that will be the, the nighttime spectacular show that will be at Disneyland. And they'll probably have something else coming in the future. But I, I would expect it's going to be something similar where... It can be both. It can be a nighttime spectacular without fireworks right. and with fireworks. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with for Disneyland in the future. So let's move to the future of fireworks now. And of course, uh, the, a lot of that was announced this week. Uh, Disney announced a couple of new nighttime spectaculars set to debut for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary celebration on October 1st. The first one was one we already knew was coming. It was announced at the D23 Expo in 2019. Uh, that is Harmonious. One of the, and this is going to be read right off the Disney Parks blog story. So if it sounds like a brochure, that's why. Uh, <laughs> this is one of the largest nighttime spectaculars ever created for a Disney park. The new show will bring the globe together at World Showcase Lagoon in, celebra in a celebration of Disney music that inspires people worldwide. It's a grand, powerful tribute to the stories and songs that unite us, embracing new technical magic and incorp that incorporates pyrotechnics, choreographed from moving fountains, lighting, and media in new ways. Harmonious will invite you to travel the globe through new interpretations of classic Disney songs as you've never heard them before, reimagined in more than a dozen languages by a diverse group of 240 artists from around the world. Wow. It sounds massive right. and wonderful, and I can't wait to experience it. Yeah. Magical comes to mind. Magical comes to mind. Yes. Yes. Speaking of magical, we'll head to Magic Kingdom, where this was the the brand new news that we received this week. Uh, they have a new nighttime spectacular coming on October first as well, and their new nighttime spectacular was be entitled Disney Enchantment. And again, this is from the Disney Parks blog. They say it will help kick off the 50th anniversary festivities when it debuts October 1st at Magic Kingdom Park. Created to launch with the world's most magical celebration, this evening extravaganza will take you on a journey filled with adventure, wonder, and empowerment, inspiring everyone to believe in magic Disney Enchantment will feature music, enhanced lighting, stunning fireworks, and for the first time, immersive projection effects that extend from Cinderella Castle down Main Street, USA. So wow. now, just like at Disneyland, yes. the projections are going to be more. That gives you more spots. Now, the one thing about, you know, Happily Ever After or some of the projection shows there is that to see them really well, you kind of needed to have a good spot where you could see Cinderella right. Castle. Now you're going to have more options if they're moving it up and down Main Street, USA. Sure. You can still see the fireworks, but you're also going to get more opportunity to see, to see some of these projections that are so important to these shows. Right. I didn't know you were going to say that. So yeah, that, I mean, that, that's really cool. And as I mentioned before, it's just another level of entertainment when you can feel you're part of it. And like you said, you know, you, you want to dance and things. So it's, it's a very much more interactive kind of experience. Yeah. 
So looking forward to it. Looking forward to that. And we mm. will we have plans right yes. now to be there when that debuts on October first. We have reservations yeah. at Magic Kingdom and we will tell you all about it after we're done with it. But it sounds exciting and I'm glad that they're moving in that way because it does give you more options of how to view these things, especially because of these projections have become so important right. to these shows. Exactly. So uh, that's kind of cool. Now, um, you know, this is a celebration for the anniversary. How long will it last? Will they do what they've done with other things and just alter it slightly to keep it going? Or will they bring Happily Ever After back? I don't know. We'll have uh, to see. But we, it is interesting to see what's moving forward. So that's my look at the past, present, and future, the evolution of Disney Nighttime Spectaculars. Bravo. You did a great job there, sweetie. A yeah. lot of research. Yeah. Wow. And I've been talking for a long time. But before I leave, <laughs> I, did want, I wanted to give one more note in because we did get another comment about uh, favorite Nighttime Spectaculars. And that is, again, from Jonathan Cotton. Uh, he wrote in that my personal favorite Nighttime Spectacular is Fantasmic because it immediately brings back memories of going to Disneyland as a kid with my family when it, that first premiered in the early 90s. If we're talking strictly fireworks, our favorite has to be Disneyland forever from the 60th anniversary Diamond Celebration. Hits us in the feels every time. Yes. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, so, thanks for yeah. that input. That's what would awesome. you say is your favorite of all of these Nighttime Spectaculars or some maybe I haven't enlisted? Hmm. That's really tough. Um, you know, I guess just looking at overall, I actually think, well, I already mentioned how, um, you know, what our magical experience was at Disney's Magic Kingdom. I really liked uh, at Disneyland when the fireworks are going. I do think it is a higher level of entertainment uh, with their, you know, current, run of their um was it mickey's, mickey's mix magic match yeah mix mickey's mix not magic. easy to say yeah no no um but it, it's like any of our top five lists that's where i'm saying right the second but if i were to sit down and think about it or or watch some things or look at pictures i might i might feel differently what about you uh, I, I'm, I'm in a true Hyperion Adventures podcast fashion. I have a 1A and 1B. Yeah. In Disneyland, I, I, or actually Disney California Adventure Park, I love World of Color. I think mm -hmm. World of Color is spectacular, gorgeous, wonderful. It's emotional. It's right. great. I love it very much. I uh, over... Walt Disney World, just because of the mention of the things we mentioned already, um, happily ever after is special to right. us, right? Because of the, of our experiences yes. with it in the past and how it's always emotional for me, um, and and for you too. I know right. you, it gets you choked up as well, Definitely. and so um, so it's they're, they're kind of a tie. I don't know if I had to pick one or the other, which one I would pick. Right now, I'd probably just because I've seen it fewer times, probably happily ever after, right? Um, but. But that's just right at this moment. But I love them both. Right. And and I think I'm saying, you know, very similar. You know, I had already gone on along about why that was special to us and, you know, why it cinched it for us to be one of our favorites. Um, you know, but there's so many others, too. I, I, there's the seasonal ones like World of Color for um, Halloween time yeah. is really pretty. A brand new show that we yeah, haven't seen before. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. We've seen a Sweethearts one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so it's it's tough to narrow it down cause, because, again, those are ones that you know you're only going to see once in a great while, right. if at all. So They're all great. We love all the nighttime spectaculars. And we'd also love to know your favorite uh, Disney nighttime spectacular. Go ahead and send them to us. Email uh, hit us up on social media, whatever, and we'll share them on an upcoming show. Yeah, and tell us uh, your experience with watching them. Yep, for sure. And again, that's my look at the evolution 
of Disney's Nighttime Spectacular. So this is why I don't normally do the research because I'm really, really long-winded when I start talking about these things. So let's get straight to the Disney stories of the week. And I'm going to start with, we received more details of some special things that are coming for Walt Disney World's 50th birthday celebration. Now, we already talked about the nighttime spectaculars, Harmonious and Disney Enchantment. Well, there's some other stuff as well. This from the Disney Parks blog. There will also be new daytime entertainment stirring at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. Mm -hmm. Disney Kite Tales <laughs> will arrive, uh, will come, excuse me, will come alive several times daily at the Discovery River Amphitheater beginning on October 1st. Uh, performers will fly wind catchers and kites of all shapes and sizes while out on the water elaborate three-dimensional kites, some stretching to 30 feet long, will depict Disney animal friends, including Simba, Zazu, Baloo, and King Louie. These colorful creations will dance through the sky to the beat of favorite Disney songs in an uplifting, vibrant experience for the whole family. So it's not a nighttime spectacular, right. but something to enjoy during the day. Now that that's great. You know, and if you think about with the, um, the other nighttime shows, a lot of them are very much at the end of the day, right? And it's keeping people there a little bit longer to, to finish their day off. Whereas Animal Kingdom does close earlier. So I can see where some people um, might not be as interested in a nighttime show because they might be doing dinner or right. their last few attractions, but taking time during the day and having an, another experience or attraction to uh to watch is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to checking that out when we yeah. get the chance to as well. Uh, moving on, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse will be your hosts for the world's most magical celebration, and they'll be decked out in sparkling new iridescent <laughs> fashions for the 50th anniversary. Uh, their best pals want to get in on the shimmer too, as Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, Goofy, Pluto, and Chip and Dale will be sporting their new custom-made iridescent looks <laughs> beginning October 1st. You'll get a chance to see them when they travel through Magic Kingdom Park several times daily in the new Mickey's Celebration Cavalcade. So yeah. more fun. Yeah, and uh, we saw a video of their new outfits, and they do look gorgeous. They're iridescent. <laughs> Yes, they, they are. Look great. <laughs> also, these eight friends will be featured in special golden character sculptures debuting on October 1st at Magic Kingdom Park. All in all, there will be 50 characters total in this series of sculptures that will be displayed across all four theme parks. And they said they'll soon reveal more of the fat Disney Fab 50 as excitement builds for the big day, as well as the surprising ways you'll be able to interact with these beautiful sculptures as part of the 50th anniversary celebration. So that's cool, too. I know. It's so much excitement for the 50th. It's really, it keeps building and building. And um, I, I think we're going to have to go many times during that year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to hear who's on that Disney Fab 50, who's, who right. makes out that 50 list, you know, and then who gets, who gets snubbed, <laughs> who didn't make the 50. Sorry, you were 51. Sorry, you didn't make it. Uh, looking forward to that. So uh, moving on to a different story. We now know the dates for one of the official Disney fan club's biggest events. This from D23.com. Mm -hmm. 
Destination D, the biggest Disney fan event of the year, is coming November 19th through the 21st of 2021. Join D23 as they celebrate 50 years of the Walt Disney World Resort and more. Be the first to hear exciting announcements and see sneak peeks from the many worlds of Disney and relive your favorite memories with behind-the-scenes stories, special guests, and so much more at this fan favorite event. So if you don't know what Destination D is, it's kind of like the D23 Expo Light. <laughs> um, but then it, it had been planned. It got canceled, but it's good to hear that they're bringing it back for this November. Yeah, it's it's fun. And, and it, timing is perfect to incorporate the, the anniversary theming for it. And yeah. looking forward to that. That's really cool. And uh, if you're looking to purchase tickets, they'll be going on sale in July. They haven't announced the official date yet, but uh, keep, we'll, we'll of course tell you, but uh, keep an eye out for that if you're thinking about going to yeah. that a great event. So very cool. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle, one, because she's beautiful, intelligent, wonderful. <laughs> she has the best lists. She does the best research by far, as you already heard today. <laughs> no. But she also has the very best tip. So let's get to Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, well, thank you, sweetie. Um, so my tip relates to rain, you know, and we're getting into the summertime for Walt Disney World to be experiencing rain pretty frequently not so much on the west coast here that we're actually just out of our rain season and it's been really a dry one but anyways um just to have some preparations again you know a tip to try to make your day at the park a little smoother a little more enjoyable and by planning for rain and just accepting it and being ready can really help make it better so uh one is starting out with uh, if you're going to be bringing something like a backpack or some kind of a bag. Um, obviously, having it waterproof is the more preferred way so that you're not trying to get things inside and everything is already getting wet. So that's a good start. Um, and also having some things like, you know, having the plastic resealable bags that you can use to put things in as things get wet. You know, I know we talked last time about maybe bringing extra socks in case you get a, into a splash situation or a raining situation that you can put your wet socks into something as well as protecting some of the things that you have in your bag. Um, and you may also want to bring along like maybe a small towel or something like that. I know we like to bring the, um, the runners kind of towels. They're, they're lightweight, they're absorbent, they're usually small, they dry quicker too. Um, so that, that might be something that can be, um, a benefit to have for rainy days. Um, and if you're planning to rent like a, a stroller or something like that, plan to help cover that as well. So whether it's a poncho or something like that, because, um, you know, the rain can be gusting and going sideways and you want to make sure the seat remains dry. So, um, and obviously ponchos for yourself, but just planning some things, you know, for the rain, even though it may be, you know, at, for some people feeling like, oh gosh, it's it's raining, it's going to be a disappointment at the park, but it can be really to your advantage. It's also a great time to be able to, um, you know, maybe get on attractions a little quicker if they're not ones that close when there's thunderstorms around, but you know, that might help with the line length. Um, it's also a way that you can experience some of the indoor activities as well at, at the different parks. So uh, plan for rain, but 
plan for rain and have a good time. Definitely. I, I think especially out at the Walt Disney World Resort, it's definitely something that it will happen. It's going to, uh, virtually every day it rains out there, at least for a, a time period. So be prepared for it. I think the stroller one is the, the one that's the most important because I think people think about, okay, I'm going to bring an umbrella. I'm going to bring the poncho right. or whatever to cover myself. You forget about the stroller. And the next thing you know, you have a soggy stroller. Right. And so <laughs> um, being prepared to cover that up when you're out there as well is really important. So Michelle's tip, Always the best <laughs> tips. Oh, man. Uh, my tip is going back to fireworks again. And I'm just going to talk about, for some of you who don't know, maybe some of the best spots for at Disneyland to catch some of these fireworks, especially when Mickey's Ooh. Mixed Magic comes back again. I think we've discussed these before, but I'm going to go through them again just to remind you, since it's been a while since we've had nighttime spectaculars <laughs> anywhere, but yeah, at the Disneyland Resort. Of course, obvious, right in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle by the mm -hmm. HUD there. That's a great spot. You can see the projections there on the casting see the projections right. on the Matterhorn great spot but it will get crowded there up and down Main Street USA the projections are there as well and you can still see the fireworks right. another great spot um, per, my personal favorite place is out in the back by It's a Small World because right. they do project on the facade of It's a Small World out there as well. Right. And the fireworks are shot right from behind there. So True. it's it's another great location and it's not as well known as some of the right. other ones. Um you can also go to where uh, the Rivers of America are, and uh, they're normally right after Fantasmic, but I'll, I assume they're going to be doing this even without Fantasmic, is that they have the projection mist there. Right. And so they put the projections, they keep the mist going after Fantasmic, and they do put the projections there, That's and right. you can still see the fireworks uh, from that location as well. And finally, if you don't care about the projections, and assuming the fireworks are actually going, as we <laughs> mentioned, in California, you can't be sure that that's going to happen. But if they are, another great spot to just see the fireworks is over at Black Spire Outpost, if you go there, yes. um, there's that little ledge by Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo mm -hmm. that's kind of elevated near the Millennium Falcon. You can get a spot there. Um, looking at the Millennium Falcon, the fireworks go right up above the spires and the Millennium right. Falcon. It is a magical place to it see is. the fireworks. It really is spectacular. Yeah, uh, because of the Star Wars and everything there. Yes. And the it's really kind of cool. Yeah, I totally agree that uh, when we did that, that was like, wow, this is a whole different level of experiencing fireworks at the same park. Yeah, I highly even if, if you've done the fireworks many times, um, I highly recommend if you don't care about the projections, going and checking it out right. from there because it is a totally, as you mentioned, a yeah. totally different feel and it's really cool. So. So that's it for my tip. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we appreciate that you joined us this week. Yeah. Oh, I, I, sorry to interrupt, but ever since you saw, said about the, the 50, I'm thinking maybe we should have a challenge between the two of us. Oh, really? Yes. Let's see if we can, who's the closest to naming the top yes, 50? Yes, we need to do our list soon and maybe post it on our webpage or something like that or on our Facebook group and... Uh, see who's all right we're gonna do that this week we're all gonna right. start working on our 50 yeah we'll see, see who, who has is the, the closest most, right and then we'll encourage you on the facebook group to join in as yeah well and give us definitely your as well so that sounds like a lot maybe of maybe we could have a prize for somebody we'll, yeah we'll see about that we, we have stuff to give away here don't we we'll figure out something <laughs> either way we'll have a lot of fun so. definitely so as i said that's it for this week next week we'll be spending the fourth of july holiday with some of our family but that doesn't mean we're not bringing you a new show <laughs> right of course we well, uh, we'll be including the family, as a matter of fact, in a brand new 
fun Disney game show concocted by the game show hostess <laughs> with the mostest. That's Michelle. Uh, lots of ages will be represented in this one, so it should be a lot of fun. And Michelle always has the best games. So oh, you're so sweet. Fun. It's a. Should I give away the title that it's a Disney triathlon? Ooh, there you go. Then whatever that means, it's teased for next week, and we're looking forward to that. As for this week, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, we really would appreciate you signing up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. Just another way to be involved with us in a different way. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have that Facebook group, the Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. We hope you'll join in with the fun there as well. Uh, we're also on YouTube. You can just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video there. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com right we love hearing from you if you have any questions any suggestions please feel free to reach out to us yes and please tell a friend about this show yes. we'd really appreciate that more than anything else and also I know this show has run long but I just want to take one second to say thank you to all of you out there who have joined us on this journey, I want to do this more often. Um, this journey of positivity, the journey of Disney positivity right. that we try and put out every single week. We appreciate that you've chosen us to listen to this show and be along with us in this because it's easy to go negative out there. There's so much negative out yes. there. But to enjoy the positivity that we're trying to spread and being spreading it yourselves. Um, we appreciate that so much. So Most thank you. definitely. Yes. Well said. And I, I don't think I could top that, honey. Good job. Thank you. I want to do that more often because yeah. uh, we really appreciate you uh, being along with us on this yeah, journey. We're humbled. We are very humbled every single week. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.